and, and the first verse. Let's go there. Romans, the 16th chapter, and the first verse. Um, this is, of course, Volunteer Appreciation Day. I always try to appreciate uh, the volunteers all the time. But, uh, and I try to tell people regularly how much I appreciate them. But today, uh, we uh, mark as a special day to appreciate our volunteers. And so I want to talk about uh, Paul's volunteers today. And we can learn a lot as we look at the people that helped the Apostle Paul. Most of the people that helped the Apostle Paul, you want these kind of people in your life. And you want to be like most of these people. But you know, even the Apostle Paul had some people that were not profitable. And uh, we'll look at some of those as we go. Mostly we're going to look at the profitable people. Uh, you know, we ought to accentuate the positive. Is that right? And, uh, and spend time on positive things. Uh, but here in Romans, the 16th chapter, Paul is thanking and speaking well of several of his volunteers. He said, I commend you. Uh, he said, I commend to you Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the church in Centuria. So he's commending Phoebe that you may receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints and assist her in whatever business she has need of you, for indeed she has been a helper of many and also of myself. Well, wouldn't, wouldn't you like to have Paul say that about you? A helper of many and of myself also. And then he said, greet Priscilla and Aquila. That was a husband-wife team. My fellow workers in Christ Jesus. And uh, said, who risked their own necks for my life. To whom not only I give thanks. Now notice, here was a husband and a wife team. And they risked their own necks for the Apostle Paul. You know, wouldn't you like to have some people in your life that would risk their own neck for you? That'd be nice to have, wouldn't it? And we ought to be those kind of people. You know, that we lay our life down for those that we love and believe in. And he it said, who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks... See, he was thankful for these people. You know, we ought to be thankful for the people that God puts in our lives. And uh, it says, To whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. And then verse 6, he says, Greet Mary, who labored much for us. Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ. That's verse 9. And then in verse 12, Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, who have labored in the Lord. Now, now, most people have never heard, like in verse 9 of Urbanus, verse 12, Tryphena, Tryphot. Most people have never heard of these folks, even though they have Bibles. You know, your Bible is possible in part because of Urbanus and Tryphena and Tryphosa. How many of you know who Kurt Warner is? Yeah. How many of you can list the linemen that blocked for him? All of them. Can you list one or two of them when they won the Super Bowl? Huh? Can you? Who? Come on. Who? Orlando Pace. Was he a blocker? Okay, who else? Who else blocked for Kurt Warner? Who? Timmerman. Okay, there's two. How many blockers does he have? How many does he even have? Does anybody know? So we got two of them. How many blockers does he have? Huh? He's got five blockers. We got two of them. Who are the others? Huh? 
Huh? Who? Who? Where? Where? Who? Who are who? Who are the blockers? We got Timmerman and Pace. Who are the other blockers? Huh? Holy Ghost. Yeah. But who? Who are they, guys? Come on. Who? I mean, who? Huh? You don't now, Bill. You should know. You should of of anybody in here. You ought to know. Did you even get two of them? Joe got those two. Did you get any of them? Okay, so so it's a good thing Joe came today, huh? So we got two. We but everybody knows who Kurt Warner is, right? Right. But you know, Kurt, you would Kurt, you wouldn't know who Kurt Warner was because he'd have never been successful if it wouldn't have been for those blockers. Is, is that right? Now, is that correct? But you see, Kurt, he gets all the credit. But what about those guys that, you know... Now, I'm sure Kurt Warner would give those guys the credit if you were talking to him. But you see, the general public just thinks about the quarterback. Or Is that right? It's like on a baseball team, usually the pitcher, people know who pitchers are. Or, you know, like, like Albert Pujols, most people know who he is. Is that right, here in St. Louis? But a lot of the other players on the team... You know, you couldn't really maybe list all of them. The point I'm trying to make is, is there's a lot of unsung heroes in the Bible. And there's a lot of unsung heroes on a, on a sports team. There's just a lot of unsung heroes. Is, is that right? And, and so one thing I've always tried to do in my life is I've always tried to not just look at the glamour positions, but I've always tried to look at the, the non-glamorous positions because usually it's the non-glamorous positions that make the glamorous positions possible. Is that right? Is that right? It's like your pancreas. How many, has ever, how many of you thought about your pancreas today? Anybody think about your pancreas? You know, you, how many even know what that is? You know you can't live without that. It, do you understand that? It's something on the in your belly area. You can't live without. You can't live without it. You understand? It's very important. You know, it's not a glamorous part of your body. You know, but it better be working right, or you're going to die. You, you understand? And so, all I'm trying to say is, is that a lot of these people we we look at here this morning, most. Christians haven't even, I mean, who's, really, who's ever heard of Trifena and Trifosa? I mean, I, I'm just glad I'm not named Trifena or Trifosa, but, but notice they've labored in the Lord. And then he says, greet the beloved Persis, who labored much in the Lord. So, you know, we have Phoebe and Aquila and Priscilla and, and other fellow workers and laborers mentioned here that, that I'm telling you, without these people, we wouldn't have two-thirds of the New Testament. We just wouldn't have it because it's these people that made it possible in part for, the, for, for Paul to do what he did. You know, everybody's important. Did, did you know that? And so uh, we want to be like these people that we're going to mention here this morning. Now, there's a few of them we'll mention we don't want to be like. But most of these people, we want to be like them. And we want these kind of people in our life. Now look at 1 Corinthians 16 and 17. 1 Corinthians 16 and 17. And you see Paul was just thanking at different places in the Bible, in the New Testament. He'd thank the people that worked with him and helped him. And so I just thank you all this morning for all that you all have done over the last many years to assist us and to help us and and to make this church possible. Um, We're just so grateful to you. Uh, everybody's important. Everybody's played a part and a role. 
And we're just so grateful I could never thank you enough. Uh, look here in 1 Corinthians 16 and 17. Uh, notice Paul says, I'm glad about the coming of Stephanus, Forchanus, and Achaeus. Wow. Those three, three people. And you notice he said, I'm glad about the coming of them. Have you ever had somebody drive up in your driveway and you looked out the window and said, oh, no. Say, huh? Come on now. Has anybody ever done that? Huh? But how many of you, you know, somebody drove up and you got excited when they pulled in? You know, and that, see, Paul was just glad about the, these people coming. Why? He, he says, for what was lacking on your part, they supplied. Well, Paul had people in his, in his life that could have done a lot more to help him, but they didn't for whatever reason. But it seemed as though when different people didn't do all they could, other people would pick up the slack. And here you have three such mentions, Stephanus, Porchanus, and Achaeus. You see, they made up for what other people couldn't do or didn't do for the Apostle Paul. And then verse 18 and here's another reason why he was glad to see them come. For they refreshed my spirit. Have you ever had anybody you get around them and they just refresh you? Those are the kind of people we need to be hanging around. Have you ever got around somebody, you had lunch with them or dinner with them or something like that, and you got done and you just listened to them moan and groan for 45 minutes and, and list all their complaints to you and so on and so forth, and you, you, leave, that, you leave that just down? How many of that's ever happened to you know, you don't want to hang around those kind of people. We want to hang around people that are going to what? Refresh us. Is that right? Refresh us. Refresh us. That's, that's who we need to be hanging around. People that refresh our spirits. For they refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore, notice, acknowledge such men. And so people that, that really help out and do a good work, they're supposed to be acknowledged. And so I acknowledge you all this morning, all of you that, that, that help and, and volunteer around Summit Church to make it a, a good church, and, and, and all of you that could come yesterday, and all of you that donated toward uh, Mercy Ministries, you know, these are things where you sacrifice. And we, we acknowledge you and we thank you for, for the wonderful things that, that you have done and, and do and are continuing to do. Amen. Now, Notice another one here. Let's go to Acts, the ninth chapter, and the 26th verse. Acts, the ninth chapter, and the 26th verse. Barnabas. Now, a lot of people have heard of Barnabas. They, they realize that he was probably Paul's chief assistant, although it didn't start out that way. Actually, Barnabas um, actually ministered to Paul originally and helped him greatly, and then later on, God put Paul in charge of the missionary team and Barnabas worked as Paul's assistant. But notice here in Acts 9.26, because you see the Apostle Paul, he, how many of you know his name before he became Paul? Does anybody remember his name? What was it? Saul. And was he a nice guy or not? No, he is not a nice guy. And he went around killing and persecuting Christians, didn't he? And, and then he got saved, didn't he? he? He got saved on the road to Damascus. And then... He, got, he gets saved. Eventually, his name is changed from Saul to Paul. But, but he wanted, once he got saved, he wanted to join up with the Christians. And, I mean, the Christians didn't want to have anything to do with him. And, you, you know, I can see why. Because, you know, he, he had been killing Christians and persecuting Christians. And, and so they didn't know if he was really 
got, had gotten saved or if it was all a trick or something like that. So they wouldn't let Saul, who became Paul, join them. But there was a man named Barnabas. And you know what? If it, if it wasn't for Barnabas, we may have never, God may have never been able to use Paul to the full because when the other people wouldn't, when the Christians wouldn't accept Bar, uh, Paul, Barnabas uh, stood up for him. Isn't it good when you have somebody stand up for you? Look at, look at Acts, the ninth chapter in the 26th verse here. And when Saul, who, you know, became Paul, had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas... Now, does anybody know what Barnabas's name means? Does anybody know what his name means? Anybody? Uh, yes, we'll go to the sound booth. Yes. Son of encouragement. And so Barnabas, and if you look at his life, he encouraged people again and again and again. And so notice Barnabas took Paul, took him and brought him to the apostles. And Barnabas declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So he was with them at Jerusalem, coming in and going out. So now, because Barnabas stood up for him, for Paul, did the Christians accept him? Yes. yes. You know, we need to have people in our lives that stand up for us and that will encourage us. And when other people are, you know, kind of kicking us out, not receiving us, you know, we need those people in our lives that will come along and encourage us and stand up for us. And you know what? We need to be those kind of people. You know, I've learned this. If you want something good in your life, become that for somebody else. If you want an encourager in your life, become an encourager to somebody else. Amen? Amen. And, and you know what? If nothing else as Christians, we ought to be encouragers of people. We ought to encourage people. We shouldn't look for ways to tear folks down. We ought to look for ways to build folks up. Did you hear me? And I know God's been doing a work on me more in this past year than, than ever before that, 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 that you know, I, I, my, I'm, I'm to build people up and help them. Now, I did that before, but, you know, we can move up to a higher level. Amen? And I build people up. We can do it. We can make it. Amen? You can do it. You can make it. You know why? Because you got Jesus. And, and you got me and Pastor Diane. We're going to stand there with you and help you. And we're going to get across the finish line. Amen? Did you hear me? And so be a person of encouragement. You'll find that God will bring people of encouragement into your life. Now, it's interesting with Barnabas, and many of you know the story, but in case you don't, Barnabas and Paul, they went out on that first missionary journey. And there was a young man that went along with them who it got too hard for him and he left. Does anybody know that young man's name? Yes. Mark. Did you know? Yeah, okay. All right, Mark. Realize, say Mark. Mark. Yeah, Mark. And it got too hard. And so Mark went back. Now, Mark was the nephew of Barnabas, and it, but it got too hard and Mark left. The work was too hard. And so Barnabas and, and Paul, they finished that first missionary journey. And then sometime later, they were going to go on another journey. And uh, 
Barnabas wanted to take Mark along. Do you remember that? And did Paul, does anybody know, was Paul accepting of that? Was Paul kind of just slightly against it or was he against it big time? He was against it big time. And, and did, does anybody know what happened between Paul and Barnabas? Did, did they get into an argument? They did, didn't they? Think about that. Two leaders of the church in a sharp dispute. And did they part company over that? Why am I bringing this out? Because you know what? You can have people in your life that are there with you but there can be disagreement. There might be disagreement. Has anybody in here ever had a disagreement with somebody and it got sharp and maybe even parted company? You know, that stuff happens, doesn't it? Don't we all wish that wouldn't happen? But if you're human, it happens. And, you know, much we could say about it, but Barnabas took Mark and went his way. And Paul... Now, now when, when, when Barnabas is gone... Remember, I preached this a few weeks ago. Somebody else will show up. Does anybody know that person's name? Starts with an S. Silas. Silas. Real loud, say Silas. Silas. Hey, when, when that person of encouragement, for whatever reason, walks out of your life, you know, I know you're going to be discouraged and it's going to hurt. If it doesn't, you're not human. But you know what you have to do? Rather than spending the rest of your life down and discouraged because Barnabas is gone, start looking for who? Start looking for Silas. And you know what? Thank God for all that Barnabas did. But you know what? There was a, there, there was a problem. Things happened. And, and now Barnabas is gone. But then Silas shows up. The good news is, is that later on, we're just talking about Paul's companions here today. Later on, Paul wrote something nice about Barnabas. Did Paul maintain a good attitude through that? And, and I think it's clear, you can see that, that Barnabas went on being a person of encouragement because evidently he continued to work on Mark. And later on, Paul wrote something about Mark. Does anybody know what Paul wrote about Mark right near the end of Paul's ministry? Uh, yes. He's profitable to me for ministry, right? Is that what you were going to say? And, and so you see, even though there was a parting of company... Paul went on with Silas and they did some great work. Barnabas went on. We don't know all the details of what he did, but evidently he continued to encourage and evidently he continued to work on Mark and then later on Paul writes nice of both of them. Isn't it good when things can wind up good at the end? Amen? Now, look at 2 Timothy 4.13. Let's look at another one of Paul's companions. Now, I'm just teaching this in part here today just to say, you know, hey, Paul said a big thank you to his people that work with him. And I say through this message, I'm a big thank you to all the people that have worked with us. We appreciate you. We more than you know. 2 Timothy 4.13. Notice there's a person mentioned here named Carpus. And, and Paul is writing to Timothy. This is near the end of Paul's life. He says, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas when you come and the books, especially the parchments. Now, you might ask, why do I talk about Carpus here? Well, the thing you need to realize about Carpus is that this was somebody that Paul greatly trusted. He trusted him so much that he left his cloak with him, but something even more precious than his cloak Notice what else did he leave? 
his parchments and his books. You know, those were precious to Paul. He wouldn't just leave those with anybody. But this person, Carpus, he trusted him enough that he would leave his precious things with him. You know, it's nice when we have people in our life that we can trust so much that we leave our most precious things with them. And you know what? We need to be that kind of people. We need to be so trustworthy that, that, that people would trust us with their very lives. Now let's look at another one. In 2 Timothy 4.10, this man named Demas. Demas. 2 Timothy 4.10. Turn there with me if you would. So, do you all have Bibles? Yes. you all turning? Are you already there? Oh, I guess you weren't that far away. I didn't, I didn't hear the pages turning. I think, what's going on here? Okay. All right. So you were already close, weren't you? Yeah, because I just had you. Where did I just have you? Oh, you're already in the... All right. So you're fine. Okay. My fault. <laughs> now, you know, this next one, Demas, you know, this fellow here, you need to realize this fellow worked with Paul for at least five years, maybe more. And Paul was getting down to the end of his life where, the, where uh, Nero was going to have him uh, beheaded, I guess it was. And he writes this. And, and you know, I, I wish that, you know, all of the things that were in the Bible were all positive and good and wonderful, but, but they're just not. And, and I think God includes some of these negative things because they're going to happen to all of us. And we just need to prepare for them, be ready for them. And when they happen, realize that we're not exempt from these things and that we just need to be strong and continue to pray for people and move on. But look at this. It says right here, 2 Timothy 4.10, For Demas has what? Deserted me or forsaken me. Isn't that something? Here was a person that worked very closely with the Apostle Paul and no doubt did a lot of good things and all of that, but in the end, he forsook him, didn't he? Yes. And, 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 you know, I tell you what, I, I wouldn't want this recorded about me in Scripture for eternity, what's recorded about Demas. Demas has what? He's forsaken me or deserted me, having what? Loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonica. That's sad, isn't it? Why do we even look at that? Well, it's in the Bible. We ought to look at it. Why did God put it in the Bible? I believe He put it in the Bible for us to realize that it wasn't all a bed of roses for Paul. How many of you know it wasn't all a bed of roses for Paul? And, and not only did he get beat up a lot and persecuted a lot, but he had a lot of dear people that worked with him that walked away from him, that just left him. And in this case... Uh, this guy loved the, he was more concerned about the things of the world than he was the things of God. And you know what I get to thinking about is, and you know this didn't just happen to Paul. Did this similar thing ever happen to Jesus? Did Jesus have big crowds at times? Yeah. But you know what? Those big crowds didn't always stay with Jesus. And you know what? Not only that, but sometimes the Bible says that the big crowds were only there for the goodies that Jesus could give them. Remember that? For the food and whatnot. And then there's one time Jesus taught. And remember he had, he had how many disciples did Jesus have? He had 12. 
And of the 12, how many were real close to him? Well, there were three, right? Peter, James, and John. So he had the three. And then, and then, and then with them, there were, there were what? Uh, how many others? Uh, nine others, right? Is that right? So it's 12. And then he also had a bigger group of how many? Uh, 70, is that right? And then he had the multitudes. You need to realize the multitudes weren't with Jesus all the time. But there was one time Jesus taught, and did you know he had those 70 people? You can read this in John 6. He had those 70 people, those disciples, that went out and cast out demons and prayed for the sick and all that. They walked away from Jesus. And he was down to 12. Can you imagine Jesus only having 12 people to preach to? (laughs) And then you know what? He looked at him and he said, And one of you is a traitor. And that would be who? But you know what? Jesus went right on, didn't he? Didn't he? Did he he continue and fulfill his ministry? He did. And Demas forsook Paul. And Demas wasn't the only one. There were others, many others. But right here we're talking about Demas. He forsook him. And you know what I get to thinking about? Did did the apostle Paul accomplish a whole lot? Yeah. Yeah. Just think what more he could have accomplished if everybody that God assigned to him had cooperated and worked with him in harmony and unity. Did you ever think about that? Did you ever think about that? If you're, if you're listening, say, I'm listening. I'm listening. I want you to get that now. You know, leading's one thing, but there's following too, isn't there? I mean, Moses was a good leader, but he had some problems with the followers. Is that right? And, and with, with, I get to thinking about this. I lay awake sometimes and I think about this. Just think all of what Paul could have accomplished if everybody that God had assigned to him would have cooperated with him and stuck with him. Now, Demas forsook him, but do you know there's others that went to jail with Paul and ministered to him in jail? So, you know, we need to center in on those people, and we try to and we do, but you do need to realize that Paul had some of these people as well. Now, notice... Not only did Paul have the people that worked with him and do the physical tasks, but notice Colossians 4.12. Notice Colossians 4.12. There's this man named Epaphras. Epaphras, notice this. Let's go to Colossians 4.12. Epaphras, Colossians 4.12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you always, now watch this, always means always, laboring fervently for you in what? In prayers. That you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. So not only did Paul have people that worked with him, he had people that prayed with him and for him. And so all of you people that pray for Diane and I in this ministry, and I especially thank you for all that you do in prayer. I really, really appreciate your prayers and covet your prayers. Remember, prayer is the engine that runs the church. Did you know that? It's like in your car this morning. Uh, most people probably didn't look at the engine this morning. But you know, you couldn't have gotten here without the engine. Is that right? And so never forget that prayer is the engine that runs the church. And Paul had people that prayed with him and for him. And for those people, we are most grateful for the people who pray with us and for us. And then notice Philippians, the second chapter and the 25th verse. Philippians, the second chapter and the 25th verse. Notice Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus. Let's go there. Philippians 2.25. Notice, yet I considered it necessary 
to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, fellow soldier, but your messenger and the one who ministered to my need. Thank God for Epaphroditus. Since he was longing for you all and was distressed because you had heard that he was sick, for indeed he was sick almost to death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him but also on me, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore I sent him the more eagerly, that when you see him again, you may rejoice, and I may, that I may be, and I may be less sorrowful. Now watch this. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness, and hold such men in what? Hold them in what? In esteem. You know, people that lay down their lives for the sake of the gospel, we ought to hold these people in esteem. We ought to think highly of them. Is that right? And then verse 30, because for the work of Christ he came close to death. Why did this guy come close to death? For the work of who? For the work of Christ. He put his life on the line, didn't he? Not regarding his life. Now, why did he do it? To supply what was lacking in your service toward me. Now, sometimes people just can't do what they need to do because maybe they're ill or this or that or the other. But sometimes people can do things, they just don't. And you know what? When people are not able to do or they don't do what they're supposed to do, God will have people like Epaphroditus. Who was that other person we talked about earlier? Does anybody remember? Who was that that we talked about earlier? Who, who uh, oh, it was three of them, Stephanus, Forchanus, and Achaeus. What was lacking on your part, they supplied. Did you know when you don't do your part, somebody's got to make up for you? Now, 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 I've learned long ago, I, I don't come here anymore. I, I got over this years ago. I don't try to make people guilty for not serving. But you know what? If you don't ever lift your finger to do anything around the house of God, you're out of the will of God. Did you know that? Now, that's very sobering, but it is the truth. Because God has something for all of us to do at the house of God. And you see, if you don't do what you're supposed to do, then you've got other people that have to make up the slack. So I don't say that to put anybody in condemnation. I just say, hey, let's all do our part. And if we'd all do our part, then it wouldn't be so tough on the people that have to make up for what you're not doing. Can can you say amen to that? So it's sobering, but it, it needs to be said. We need to think about this. And so this man was sick. almost. He was almost to death. Not regarding his life. Why? To supply what was lacking in your service toward me. So thank God for the Epaphroditus. Just a few more of these. How many of you remember Luke? Does anybody remember Luke? Now, 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 let me ask you. Now, Paul had interaction with Luke and with Mark. Now, Mark, we talked about him already, and God used him to write the gospel according to Mark. Remember that? And then Luke, does anybody know what Luke's profession was? He was a physician. And isn't it interesting that that God would put a physician to work with the Apostle Paul who had a lot of healings and miracles in his life. But did you know there's another reason I think Paul needed Luke right with him? Because Paul got beat up a lot. Now, we don't ever think about that. But this man's going to need a doctor, isn't he? And I've never said that before. But that's right, isn't it? And Luke worked most closely with Paul. He was Paul's personal assistant and secretary. 
Now, Paul had other people like Tertius, Tertius who, who Paul dictated the book of Romans to Tertius. How many has ever heard of Tertius? You know, but Paul, he, 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 we wouldn't have the book of Romans perhaps if it wasn't for Tertius. Maybe God would have got somebody else. But Paul dictated, Paul didn't write Romans with his own hand. He, had, he dictated it to Tertius. But Luke was a physician and he worked with the Apostle Paul most closely and uh, he stuck with him right to the end. He was there all the way to the end. Praise God for people that will stick with you all the way to the end. Thank God for people that aren't just seeking their own. Look at, look at 2 Timothy 1.15. Look at this. 2 Timothy 1.15. Onesiphorus. Onesiphorus. Now, I didn't know how to say that until Tony Cook was here last time. And he told me how to pronounce that. Onesiphorus. I used to say onesiphorus. But that sounded like a disease, so I stopped saying that. And on, let's say this, Onesiphorus. Now look at this, 2 Timothy 1.15. This you know that all those in Asia have turned away from me. Did Paul have some people that just didn't cooperate with him? Yeah. And then he lists two of them, Philogus and Hermonges. <laughs> Philogus and Hermonges. Again, think of what the Apostle Paul could have done if all these people would have, that God assigned to him would have cooperated with him. But then verse 16, The Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus. Now why? For he often what? Refreshed me. Wouldn't it be nice to have people who often refresh you? Well, if you want people that often refresh you, what do you have to do? Become a person that often what? Refreshes. Yep. And he was not ashamed of my chain. In other words, while Demas, while ago we read forsook Paul, this guy would go to jail with Paul to minister to him. He was not ashamed of my chain. That means he wasn't ashamed that he was a prisoner. And when he, look verse 70, when he arrived in Rome, he sought me out very zealously and found me. Why was he seeking him out? He wanted to refresh him. And then the Lord grant to him that we may find mercy from the Lord on that day, on the day of judgment. And you know very well how many ways he ministered to me at Ephesus. He ministered to Paul in many different ways. Many people have never heard of Onesiphorus. But Paul knew who he was. God knows who he is. Let's just go, let's just do three, three more of these. Go to Philippians 2. Let's talk about Timothy, one of Paul's sons in the faith. Paul evidently led him to the Lord. He was one of his chief associates. Uh, look at Philippians 2.19. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, that I also may be encouraged when I know your state. Now notice this, for I have no one like-minded, now this one is as it pertains to the Philippians here, for I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. Think about that. Of all the people that Paul had, there was only one that was like-minded concerning the Philippians. And then one of the saddest phrases in the Bible, verse 21, he says, for all what? They, they what? They seek their own, not the things which are, which are of Christ Jesus. Isn't that really sad commentary? 
I mean, yeah, Paul had a lot of people that were really good and worked with him, but he had a lot more. Listen to me now. He had a lot of good people that worked with him, but he had a lot more turn away from him. Just like Jesus had a lot of good people that worked with him, but he had a lot of people turn away from him. Paul had a lot of people, good people that worked with him, but he had a lot of people where he, for all, seek their own, not the things which, of our, which are of Christ Jesus. Isn't that sad? Verse 22, But you know his proven character, that as a son with his father, he served me in the gospel. Well, that's a good thing to have in the Bible about you, isn't it? And then let's look at Titus. Go to 2 Corinthians 7 and 6. 2 Corinthians 7 and 6. Nevertheless, God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of who? Titus. Did, was Paul, did Paul ever feel like a downcast? Was he ever down in the dumps? Yeah. But you know what? When you get down in the dumps, thank God Titus can show up. And when Titus showed up, what did he do? He comforted us by the coming of Titus. Refreshed and comforted. You know, as you study Titus, he was another of Paul's sons in the faith. He was a man for tough tasks. When Paul had a tough task... Uh, he'd send in Titus. He was a troubleshooter. He could go in and, and figure the situation out on behalf of Paul and, and silence the trouble and get the problem fixed. But the main thing about Titus is that when he showed up, he, comf- he brought comfort and refreshing to Paul. There was a time when Paul got down. Paul got low. Had a lot of people walk away from him. Uh, but thank God Titus stayed. Amen. And then finally, we'll go to Colossians 4 and 7. And we'll talk about Tychicus and Justice. Tychicus and Justice. Actually, Tychicus was one of... How many ever heard of him? You never heard of him? One of Paul's chief messengers. He went out... He was actually Paul's front man. He'd go out and get things ready for Paul to make his arrival and minister... But in Colossians 4, 7, he says, Tychicus, a beloved brother, faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord. Wouldn't it be neat to have your name in the Bible and you're called a faithful minister? And then verse 11, And Jesus, who who is called Justice, so he's talking about Tychicus and, and Justice here. These are my only fellow workers for the kingdom of God, who are of the circumcision, means they were Jewish Christians, Jews who became Christians. But watch this. They have what? Proved to be a what? A comfort to me. Wouldn't it be nice to have some of these people in your life? Let's all stand in the presence of God. It'd be nice to have some of these people, wouldn't it? Praise God. Well, if you want these people, what do you have to do? You have to become these people. Amen? Amen. I said if you want these people in your life, you need to become these people. And so many of you, so many of you are these good, wonderful people.